ready to begin. What year is this? The year is 2020, and this is Beyond Sin. Well, it's time for Beyond Synth. This is episode 233. And today, uh, I'm going to be chatting with Master System in just a little bit. But joining me right now to help me uh, do this whole intro part, I guess technically co-host, is uh, is my buddy Sunglasses Kid. How are you doing? Great. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, man, uh... Everything's great. I have this new catchphrase on Beyond Synth. It says, everything, it's always sunny on Beyond Synth. And fuck 2020. Those are my two catchphrases. Good. You happy with those? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so look, man, what's what's been going on in the life of uh, Sunglasses Kid? Edward! Not a huge amount. I've just written a song with Mr. Ollie Ride. Um, we just did a song called Stranger Love, which came out on New Retro Waves YouTube two weeks ago. And it just hits something like I think like a hundred and hundred and ten thousand plays. So it's been really well received. That's going to be on my album, and it's currently on Ollie's deluxe version of his vinyl, and hopefully on Spotify soon. In fact, I was just on the phone to him today, organising how we're going to get that on Spotify. I am I'm spending my time in the evenings right now doing live streaming on Instagram to kind of bring a little bit of brevity to people's lives during these unsettling times, and I'm spending time doing kind of live conversations with other producers that I've worked with. So like this week, I interviewed Phaserland. I interviewed Zach Robinson, who synthwave artist is DAD but Zach Robinson is the composer on the Cobra Kai series and um, who else I chat to my, my good friend Highway Superstar and Mr. Ollie Ride as well dropped in so that's what I'm doing at the moment what are you up to? Well uh, I just made a great single with Ollie Ride <laughs> I'm just going to repeat all the things you did <laughs> Well, actually, what I'm doing is I'm sitting in my old childhood bedroom, which is a room that's like eight by nine. And this is my new temporary office. And I'm just uh, recording lots of interviews and uh, editing shows and doing all that stuff. When's the last time I talked to you? I can't remember. Literally a week ago feels like a month ago now. And now we're working in pandemic days. So I can't recall. I think probably I had nothing nothing new to say last time and nothing new to say now other than... (laughs) In the meantime, I made a song with Ollie Wright. (laughs) Well, look, how about um, we actually listen to the track? Because right now, it is just a YouTube exclusive. When I had Ollie on the show, for some reason, it took me a really long time to figure out this whole fucking special edition vinyl stuff. Because he's, like, (laughs) sending me tracks that were remixes. And I'm like, oh, great. We'll play them on the show. And then I'm like... So these aren't out? He's like, no, they're out, but it's on the vinyl. I'm like, okay, so when can people hear these? And like, well, they have to... The whole thing was sort of confusing to me. So, yeah, so lots of people have struggled to get on board the concept. I think the concept, as far as Ollie was concerned, was this. He wanted to release a deluxe version of his vinyl, and he wanted people to support musicians with physical by buying physical media, such as records. And he commissioned a bunch of artists, including me and um, people like FM Attack, 
to do remixes of songs from his album so I did a remix of Overcome and then he also wanted to add on a couple of bonus songs one of which is 100% him on his own which is a new track called Juliet which is absolutely amazing and I happened to be talking to him already about potentially collaborating and I had posted a kind of demo of an idea on Instagram which he saw and loved and we worked it up into Stranger Love which is going to be both on my album and his album but we kind of gave priority to Ollie because he wanted to to go on the vinyl and what he said was as soon as the vinyl sells out then it will get a kind of full digital release so he wanted to kind of incentivize people to kind of support him with by by the physical vinyl first and then everyone can be rewarded with the digital copy but we're also getting flooded with requests to go on spotify with this so um we are looking right now at kind of potentially getting on spotify alongside it on youtube and at some point later when the vinyl is sold out then it will go everywhere. All right. Well, that makes sense to me, man. So how about we uh, <laughs> how about we listen to it? Uh, this is a cool song. This is Stranger Love by Sunglasses Kid and Ollie Ride. Fresh 
And that was Stranger Love by Sunglasses Kid and Ollie Ride. And that was brought to you by my awesome... Uh, well, thank the PayPals. I got a nice little gift from Astral Stereo Project. Uh, he's a very kind man, so thanks for that, dude. You're cool. Of course, there's Jimmy Groon and Anselmo Incorporated and uh, the Ross Conian and Russell Nyes and Brandon Morin and Ross Bruce... And Steve Coulter in Jersey. Who am I forgetting? Upgrade Jimpy, the king of the PayPals. Uh, you're an amazing guy. And of course, there's Timothy Warwick, Digital Dreams. Did I say Jimmy Groon already? Yeah, all right. Anyway, listen, thanks for supporting the show. You know you can uh, support the show by going to beyondsynth.com, and there's a PayPal option there, and that's the people who I just thanked who are uh, wicked people. And I'm back here right now with Sunglasses Kid, Edward, just talking about making songs and complicated vinyl releases and all that. (laughs) I guess when people say something out now, they just think only of digital. And I think there's maybe, you know, people don't want to buy physical media anymore. and, And, you know, it's incredibly expensive to make vinyl so I think the idea is kind of you know if people can get something digitally they would they will go to that first but so I, I guess it, the idea was to kind of like I said into sort of incentivize people to kind of encourage people to say look the only way you're owning this song right now is like in the old days when you had to physically go out and buy something no but like but when you explain it that way it sounds very very simple and I'm trying to remember why I found it so confusing and I think correct me if I'm wrong you can get a digital copy if you buy the vinyl but you don't get get that until the vinyl sells out is that what makes this complicated i don't know about that part of the deal i mean certainly on bandcamp with vinyl sales on bandcamp they will often you'll often find like my album is on vinyl but is bundled with if you buy the vinyl you will also get the digital release if that's the case with thanks in advance deluxe edition i think with vinyl and i might be wrong so don't nobody quote me on this i think when you buy vinyl it's a case of waiting until it's all sold out before it ships if that makes sense so right so if you've bought the vinyl like you haven't like you don't immediately get it you need everybody that might that might be the model i'm not entirely sure you've bought it but once everyone's bought it and all x hundred copies or thousand copies have been sold then it will ship and then you will get the digital version but i might be completely wrong i could be completely wrong and ollie might be tearing sarah out going you're getting it wrong edward you're getting it wrong (laughs) yeah so (laughs) i'm just glad i've made you the expert here on this thing it's fucking ollie's vinyl i'm terrified i'm explaining ollie's complex release strategy (laughs) (laughs) all i know is it's on new retro waves youtube and that and people are hearing it that way and you can hear it there for free well that's where people can go or they can uh, they can tune into Beyond Synth because actually we played some of the uh, remixes on the episode I did with Ollie. You did from the beginning of this season. So look, dude, what is something we can talk about that's fun? What's your favorite movie from the nineties? From the nineties? Yeah. Do you mean like my favorite movie, like a quintessentially nineties movie, or do you mean a movie that was made in the nineties that is one of my favorite movies? Yeah, the second one. Okay, I've been working on my top three movie list for a while now, and I've got even got a theory <laughs> about how they all connect. If you mm-hmm. want to hear it. So my favourite movies in this order. My favourite movie is an 80s movie, Blade Runner. Yeah. Then my second favourite movie is Heat. And my third favourite movie is Point Break. So the second two, Heat and Point Break, 1995 and 1991, respectively, I think. So there's two 90s films for you. So I guess if you're, in answer to your question, Heat and Point Break are two of my favourite films from the 90s. Although, technically, my favourite version of Blade Runner is the director's cut, which 
technically released in the 90s, right? Was it? I feel like Director's Cut is like 92 or something. Was it? Okay, but it's still an 80s film. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so even then, then fine, because I, I quite like the Director's Cut as well. The Director's Cut is ostensibly the same film, but just without the voiceover, isn't it? Yeah. And, and the weird shining footage from The Shining at the end. The Director's Cut's when they actually cut out the happy ending, yeah. Yes, they cut the happy ending and they cut the voiceover. Skin jobs, that's what they caught them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Right, so here's my theory. Well, here, I want to hear your theory, but I want to listen to a song first. We'll tease it out, all right? Okay. Because that's, uh, <laughs> this is exciting. All right, so look, uh, we're going to listen to this track here. This is one from Star Runner from his album Be Kind Rewind. I'm going to have him on the show soon. And uh, this is a cool track. This is Midnight Rain, and uh, you're going to dig it.
Midnight, and that was Midnight Rain by Star Runner. And that was brought to you by my awesome uh, Patreon supporters, the Kings of the Pattersons. There's Robert D. Bishop, Chris Dance, and Mike Shima. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for supporting the show. You guys are amazing people. And I am back here with Edward, a.k.a. Sunglasses Kid, who is about to tell us his three favorite films and the theory that connects them. Okay, so, Blade Runner... <laughs> <laughs> Heat and Point Break. Mm. Three films that don't feel like they might be connected, but I feel like they are. Okay, so I was like, why do I like these three films, and, uh, and do we, any of these films have anything in, in common? And I, I started to hit on the kind of similarities, which is really that all three films have a um, hero and the villain, where you want both the hero and the villain to win. In all films, you're like, you're rooting for Rutger Hauer, you're rooting for Patrick Swayze, and you're rooting for Robert De Niro in all three films. And in all three films, like the kind of bad guys kind of searching for kind of higher purpose and higher meaning and the kind of good guys represent almost they're sort of a slave to an authority they're kind of an authority figure but they are enlightened by their kind of experience in their interactions with the enemy with the bad guy mm. something like that right That that's kind of the broadly they're all quite similar and with the exception of Point Break the, the villain dies with the hero so they're, they're with them so in Blade Runner um, you've got the famous Tears in Rain dove scene and in um, Heat De Niro and Pacino are kind of almost hand in hand and then at the end of Point Break you've got Keanu Reeves kind of letting Swayze go into the water yeah you could argue that uh, it, it is also the same in Point Break I mean although he's not right next to him it is a moment that is just between the two of them they are in the same zone there is a thematic similarity like you're saying and if it was raining in the airport in Heat <laughs> there would be that connection too but it wasn't Raining. Yeah, I know, right? And it's exactly because it's the more I started kind of thinking about it, the more similarities I started to kind of notice. So even like like Rutger Hauer's kind of like he's almost like a Christ figure who's kind of commanding a sort of team of disciples. So he has his followers, and the same with Patrick Swayze, and the same with De Niro. So he, they're these kind of like they're these sort of charismatic leaders with this kind of entourage of disciples who f who will follow them to the end of the world, kind of thing. And then you've got these good guys who are kind of doing the bidding of a sort of authoritarian. Kind of regime or something who are sort of chasing them down but don't really they're sort of reluctantly chasing them down and also they almost in another life could just be mates so there's there's something there but it was it went for me thinking these films feel very like wildly different to suddenly going they're, they're almost the same story right in all three movies so I was just suddenly like oh do I just like this one story just like <laughs> two dudes it makes you sort of ask questions about yourself right because I, I I think I'll apply this same sort of type of thinking to my favorite movies because I think about that sometimes I'm like I like James Bond you know like as sort of escapist hmm. kind of uh, male fantasy sort of stuff and I often think of it like why do I like that why do I like the idea of like a lone agent like I tend to prefer lone agent agent characters in movies and TV like I'm not so big on teams although like there's some great movies that have teams but yeah I think that's because essentially the more people there are the, the harder it is to project onto kind of a single character because you want to sort of put yourself into the position of the character so you're spending more time with them so like another like brilliant kind of lone agent film where you really kind of identify with the situation is like the Bourne Identity right and the Bourne Identity is so brilliant because it's got all the kind of action adventure of a Bond film but it's got this kind of mystery thriller and this kind of amnesia sort of storyline that makes you feel like god that could be me that could happen to me i could just <laughs> lose my memory and then wake up with superpowers yeah <laughs> am i am i jason Bourne? i don't 
And also, I think there's too many films, like those ensemble films, like Avengers and stuff like that, where the bad guys don't have any, like, motivation. They're, they're, they're just like, they're evil. Yeah, why? Because they're evil. Yeah. Whereas, like, Blade Runner, Point Break, Heat, you're kind of rooting for the characters because you understand their motivation. I think if you've got, like, a bad guy character in a movie or a bad woman character, if they're kind of trying to achieve something, and especially if you understand what what and why they're trying to achieve it, so they're kind of the road to hell is paved with good intentions to kind of go, right, they're, they're trying to achieve something, so Rutger Hauer's trying to extend his life and want, doesn't want to die. Like, who can't relate to that as a thing? Like, if that was your situation, you might go above and beyond. And Patrick Swayze wants the perfect way not not as good a motivation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> although, although I guess Swayze just wants to surf. I guess Swayze's like characters like searching for deeper meaning and purpose and like the ultimate kind of like he's he's sort of spiritual, whereas Keanu Reeves is this he represents the uptight authoritarian kind of regime who he needs he, he needs to unwind and kind of and surrender to kind of the spiritual power. Because at the in the end, like Reeves ends up becoming a sort of surfer. So he sort of embraces the spirituality that Swayze's kind of chasing. And Gary Busey just wanted a fucking burrito so bad that's what that was his journey <laughs> two two meatball sandwiches yeah, yeah. utah give me two give me two yeah yeah utah two there you go there's my film theory done <laughs> all right well look let's uh listen to more music man and we'll keep chatting uh i want to listen to this track from amadeus vegas from his uh, album astral vista this track is called eva it's brought to you by my awesome patreon supporters there's jacob wick with the 4488 and city hunter with the 42 and uh, in the 2666 club there's lucas ceballos and hugh hefner and this is Amadeus Vegas with EVA.
And that was EVA by Amadeus Vegas. And that's a cool track. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. There's Clint Dowling, Anthony, Alex Seligson, and A Star Apart. You guys are all awesome people. And I'm back here with Edward, Sunglasses Kid. We're just talking about uh, movies and Gary Busey. Exactly. Gary Busey's fucking mad, isn't he? <laughs> Yeah, well, he's a, an unhinged guy. Although I did like, there was a reality show called I'm With Busey. I think it was from like the early 2000s. Did you ever see that? I didn't. I don't know how I didn't see that because that sounds amazing. It was like one season. It's like this kid. I don't know if he's like a wannabe comedian or something. And he basically just spends time with Gary Busey and they do like different activities and stuff. I guess that was peak Busey, like where it was now understood that he's insane. And then some reality show was just kind of taking advantage of his craziness. It's a shame because he's, he's a very good actor. Yeah, no, there's a lot of great roles that I love him in. Like Point Break, he's amazing. Fucking Predator too. I like him in Predator too. <laughs> like there's a period a time in the 90s where he was still doing stuff before he went fully crazy. Totally, like Lethal Weapon as well. He's, he's the bad guy in Lethal Weapon. Obviously, Point Break. Yeah, Lethal Weapon. Point Break. Oh, 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 the big one, Under Siege, which he's absolutely amazing in. Was the craziness directly connected to like a motorbike accident or something? Was that it? That sounds very feasible. I do not know. Let's look up why Gary... Yeah. <laughs> That's your job now. You're the uh, Beyond Synth researcher. Sorry, I'm just literally typing, why is Gary Busey crazy? <laughs> That's not that's not like the most reliable method of researching, is it? I can't just start with Gary Busey car crash, but instead I just went straight to why is Gary Busey crazy? What the hell is going on with Gary Busey? Asks the Houston press. <laughs> I'll never know because I've got ad block on and they want me to disable it. Fuck you. <laughs> so stupid. On December the 4th, 1988, Busey was severely injured in a motorcycle accident in which he was not wearing a helmet. His skull was fractured and doctors feared he suffered permanent brain damage. This is a Wikipedia article, so it's not trying to imply a connection to anything, but let me just read you sentence one, followed by sentence two. On December 4th, 1988, Gary Busey had a severe motorcycle accident in which he wasn't wearing a helmet, skull was fractured, doctors feared he had permanent brain damage. In 1996, Busey publicly announced that he was a Christian. <laughs> I mean, it's not like they're trying to <laughs> to make a connection between those two things. But that's an unfortunate ordering of sentences. Busey cites the motorcycle accident as well as a 1995 cocaine overdose as events that strengthens his religious faith. <laughs> And that's why he starred in that movie where his soul comes back into a body of a dog. I think he starred in one of those, like, made-for-video Christian movies where he dies and then his soul goes into, a like, a little fucking shih tzu or something. But he narrates, like, so you hear his voice in the head of the dog, but it wasn't one of those ones that had a budget high enough to make the mouths move, so it's just, like, kind of voiceover. So BC basically, Lethal Weapon was 1987, and that's pre-brain damage motorcycle crash. And then after Lethal Weapon, BC has his motorcycle accident and then four years later he's in under siege and that's when you can start to see the wacky beauty coming out a bit more so maybe there is a connection fucking wacky beauty wacky beauty yeah <laughs> 
But look, how about we uh, listen to some more music and then maybe we'll uh, go to my conversation with Master System and then maybe we'll uh, bring you back to say goodbye at the end of the show. I want to listen to this song. It's by Ossilian from his album uh, Ad Astra. It's uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club, Restless Nights, Honeybeard, Tim Carlton, Johnny Five, and Pattern Shift. And this is Ossilian with Battle Angel.
And that was Battle Angel from Ocillion, his album Ad Astra. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 club. There's Kempson, Martin Larby, Gregorio Franco, and Blake Peterson. And I'm back here with uh, Sunglasses Kid, Mr. Edward. I'm eating a samosa now. How's that going? It's the apocalypse. <laughs> Anytime I'm doing anything mad now or sound completely odd because I generally a bit am. I'm just like end it with is the apocalypse. So yeah. there. <laughs> so look, you've got stuff, you're working on stuff. Now we're gonna be uh you know, spending some time indoors. Can you muster up the creative juice? Yeah. There's a meme going around right now that's a photograph of somebody sitting at their music studio and it says something like music producer underneath and then the exact same photo says music producer under quarantine for me us musicians the idea of being indoors in a sealed room with no light for hours on end is like yeah yeah like, i don't think it scares us yeah i'll keep the creative juices flowing that's the answer Done. yeah i've got crisps now good eat them right into the microphone people love the sound of eating directly into the mic it's the apocalypse. It's the apocalypse crisps. Boo! <laughs> All right, I'm trying to think about how to phrase, how to answer the question about the music stuff that doesn't sound like I'm just being incredibly lazy and also have some problems with my computer because that's a very boring answer. I am still kind of finalizing things with the album and I'm wanting to get that mixed. I'm also potentially doing some stuff for some other singers as a producer, as a kind of ghost producer. And also I struck up a really great working relationship with Ollie Ride and I think we want to continue to kind of do some songwriting together, some producing together. So I think you'll probably see like in the future more stuff coming out with me and him, maybe not under the names that we're working under at the moment, but maybe some sort of side stuff or maybe me ghost producing some bits and pieces with Ollie and some other guises. But you're definitely going to hear more music from me. I have, I'm looking at a folder with 14 tracks that are kind of nearly ready to go featuring artists including Iverson J Diggs SJ Bravo an amazing guitarist called Johnny Silver got a collaboration with Megan McDuffie got a, another guitarist amazing guy called Holoflash Ollie Ride Star Cassette and some instrumentals by myself the album is going to be called Sophomore so that'll be the follow up to graduation and um, at some point we may need to resurrect the principal who I think I might have spoken to you about oh that's right <laughs> Cool, man. Well, look, uh, let's listen to one more track, and then we'll go chat with uh, Master System. So, <clears throat> and by we, I mean me. So, uh, let's listen to this one. This is a fun, nice, dancey track from Alpha Rhythm. Alpha, fuck me. Alpha Rhythm. He makes fun, uh, bouncy tunes that I like. Bouncy tunes. And uh, this one's called All I Want Is You, and it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's Ashley Keegan. Get home safe, Ashley. She's got to go back to Ireland. So hope that all works out well. And then there's Andy's Laugh and Rachel Buchelman and Murat and uh, Prophet of Jupiter and Six Mill and Hampus ML and Ken Giroux and Chatterack. Fuck it, let's just listen to the song. This is All I Want Is You by Alpha Rhythm.
And that was All I Want Is You by Alpha Rhythm. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, Mads Baron Christensen, and uh, we'll never forget the immortal Chris Celia Lane. And I'm here right now with Edward. I'm just going to say a little hello to you, and then we're going to go to uh, my conversation with Master System. So you've got 20 seconds to say something good. Um, holy shit, that's put me on the spot. Enjoy your conversation with Master System. Do you remember when the Master System 2 came out? No. With the little red reset button. There you go. Sega. Might have happened only in the UK. Was that 20 seconds? (laughs) Enjoy the conversation with Master System. All right. Well, I'm here right now with Master System. How's it going, man? What's up? You having a good day? I am. It's a pretty chill day today. Now you are Michael, is that correct? I am. You're Andy, right? Yeah, man. It's good. We did it. <laughs> 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 the show's over. So this uh, this shadow business—that's a fake last name, right? Yeah, um, that was given to me by like a friend in high school, or not high school, like a little bit afterwards. But yeah. Are you a shadowy fellow? Do you uh... these days? Pretty much, I'm a ghost. I don't really go out that much or very often. Oh hell, what the what's the point, right? Nothing. Go outside. Uh, what are you gonna do there? That you can't do inside. Yeah. I'm trying to find a way to make this not a filthy joke about jerking off, but I'm... I'm (laughs) Dude, I just hang out and freaking chill on my computer and play games and make tunes. Yeah. That's it, pretty much. (laughs) No, I get it, man. That's a cool thing to do. I've been trying lately, but I can't seem to get it to work. I have Steam, but I never really use it. But I know with Steam, you can do that thing where if you plug in like a controller like a PS4 controller or I guess the Steam controller right that you can map the controls to a controller even if it is like a keyboard and mouse game I can't get it to work though Steam I just started to get on you know recently again I only play like three fucking games like all the Dark Souls games but anyway the other day I was just like yeah you know I'm pretty comfortable with Steam and then we get on and I'm trying to share like my fucking video game like to another friend of mine and it's like I just can't find the stream button. I'm like, wow, I don't know what the hell I'm doing on Steam. Why has it just been like so many years? <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, you know, I just thought it was just like the same as it was like years ago. But I guess, I don't know. Yeah, it, I, it changed or I forgot. Yeah. So. <laughs> Maybe you changed, man. <laughs> yeah, I've changed. For some reason, I just assumed that like you just had to have Steam to fucking get games on the computer. But I guess you can still buy them from other digital marketplaces. I guess like, what was it like Blizzard or whatever? How do you get the damn Dark Souls game on there? Uh, Dark Souls? I just downloaded it from Steam. Yeah. Yeah, see, see, Steam's got the fucking monopoly, man. I got banned the first day that I bought, like, Dark Souls Remastered. Some guy, like, hacked into, like, the game and, like, hit me with some item. It stole, like, some information off my stuff. And then, like, now the from software telling me like oh you were hacking through the game i was like no like i wasn't and they blocked my account and i never got to play it i had to buy the whole damn game over again what uh, like two years later yeah it was ridiculous i never got unbanned <laughs> i'm so pissed about it that guy probably worked for the fucking dark souls company it's like hey here's how we can get people to buy our game twice just have some random character run in and fucking slap them with a fucking hacking fish or whatever the hell it is and then it fucks your account up so pissed i would be too man that fucking sucks. <laughs> so what have you been fucking uh, playing lately? Zelda, like the one on the Switch, all the Dark Souls series. Uh, I played, what was that, Bomber Grounds with my wife last night, like the little Bomberman clone on Steam for free. But <laughs> <laughs> other than that, uh, not much. Like 
I have a problem with trying out new games for some reason. I like playing the same ones for nostalgia reasons. I don't know. I also like playing like fun multiplayer games online with friends. So, do you find you go back to old games because you want to like explore every uh, nook and cranny, or do you like actually doing the same things over again? Things that I missed when I was younger. Like, I, it always weirds me out that like, man, like how did I miss this as a kid? But like now, I can just get it so quickly. Like with these video games. Like when I was a kid, I remember playing Ocarina of Time. It took me like two months, three months to beat that game. And then like now I can like beat it like in a day. <laughs> I haven't done it in a long time, but Ocarina of Time used to be a game I would play yearly. Yeah. I used to love going back to it every year. Every Christmas for me. Yeah, but then I haven't done it in like decades. But I'm hoping at some point they do some sort of... I mean, they did a remaster on the Nintendo DS. DS. If they ported that remaster, because I think they sort of changed the character model and some stuff. Yeah, everything. Yeah, there's something I've always loved, uh, Ocarina of Time. There's just something special about that game. Can't they just, like, get over it and, like, put it on the Switch? <laughs> like, that's what I want to do. I want to play that remastered game on a big TV. I mean, I guess I could just emulate it. Like, I have a few n64 emulators but some of them are all like they're custom so i've got the one for goldeneye that's like there's a nintendo emulator called 1964 and some guy like tweaked it so it sort of enhances goldeneye gameplay specifically didn't they remake goldeneye 007 for like Uh, (laughs) did suck or something okay well it, it wasn't it wasn't a proper remake so what happened is there was two things that happened one they did do an hd remaster of perfect dark in like 2010 for the Xbox and they were going to do a GoldenEye remaster the same way where they actually remodeled you know the characters and you know things had more geometry and it ran at a smooth frame rate and stuff but of course GoldenEye famously has this complicated rights issue where no one knows who actually owns the rights to it oh my god until everything is bought and one company owns everything mm-hmm which is the future I want to live in, <laughs> then uh, it's never. It's not clear how much Nintendo owns, how much the rights holder to James Bond owns, how much Rare owns, and so it just ends up in this fucking hell where it can never be remastered. But they actually made it, and there's half an hour of gameplay on YouTube you can watch of um, remastered gameplay, and they just they had to scrap it. Oh, my God. So, on the Wii... I think Activision put out a GoldenEye remake, but it had, like, Daniel Craig, and it was sort of like a reimagining of GoldenEye. Next. No one wants that. But it wasn't the same game. It was sort of, like, it was using the Call of Duty engine, and, like, it it was fine. Like, the game itself was okay, because it had, like, some stealth aspects and stuff, but it wasn't, it wasn't the original GoldenEye. Like, I don't think there's... Another example of that in the history of games where it's not just an HD remake, it was a reimagining. So everything was sort of like, it's like, it's the damn level, but kind of like the damn, except it's not. Like, <laughs> really weird idea for a thing. And, Goldeneye, kinda. That's yeah, what that's it, what it is. <laughs> Goldeneye that's what kinda. it should have been. Um, <laughs> but look, I, again, I annoy my listeners when I talk about Goldeneye. How about we listen to some music, man? So Let's do it. I want to listen to this track. It's called Daily News, and it's by Master System. Imagine, if you will, sitting down to your morning coffee, turning on your home computer to read the day's newspaper. Well, it's not as far-fetched as it may seem. In fact, both local San Francisco papers are investing a lot of money to try and get a service just like that started. Science editor Steve Newman reports on one person already using the brand-new system. 
are addicted to hours of gazing at electronic images on game screens and arcades and in their own homes. What makes video games so popular? We search for an answer. Master System, and I'm here right now with Master System Michael, as I'm Yay. talking to him about GoldenEye, which is a <laughs> an odd occurrence on this show. <laughs> Tell me about yourself, man, or else I'm just going to keep talking about GoldenEye. <laughs> <laughs> Not much to me, man. You know, I'm a computer technician uh, by day and lazy ass by night. What, so. is, what does a computer technician do? Uh, well, I started off like doing consumer repair for computers with Microsoft and retail two years ago i've been with the company for like six years but i've just been promoted to a computer server technician for the data centers in microsoft do you go to an office or can you work from home we have to go there because i maintain like the servers (laughs) so like you know we have to maintain the cloud so is server maintenance like where you go down and you'll see like a blinking light that says like one of the fucking thousand hard drives is dead and you pull it out and swap (laughs) it another one yeah that's pretty much it (laughs) all damn day How loud is a server room? Oh, man. Um, I've got a bunch of friends, and they know that I like to talk while I'm at work because it's pretty dull sometimes. So um, they'll always catch me trying to send a voice message in the damn server room. And they're like, ah, my ears, because it's so fucking loud. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty damn loud. You have, you've got to wear like some kind of hearing protect uh, to protect your ears. What is the failure rate of a hard drive? Dude, it's a lot more like common than everyone thinks it is. Apparently, like I mean, hard drives are easily degraded, especially when like it's uh, 
in a hot ass room all day like you know sometimes the server rooms they want them to be cold but dude they're not all cold they're hot and they're burning up and it's like every day I, the other day, I replaced, like, what, like, 45 hard drives? It's what? Crazy. Yeah, just one one of my tasks, so. So, when a hard drive dies, do those broken ones, the dead ones, go to get repaired, or are they just garbage at that point? No, we legally have to um, get rid of those. We shred them immediately. There could be nothing wrong with it, and we'll have to shred it, get rid of it. How the fuck do you shred a hard drive? <laughs> there's, uh, there's machines there that, you know, you can dump them all in there, and it, it's just a giant fucking hard drive cheese grater I guess and just turns them into dust and pulp. <laughs> That's gotta be a really fucking powerful shredder. Yeah man it turns that stuff to dust like if you you gotta be careful it'll literally you literally can breathe it in afterwards so. <laughs> Whoa this is my favorite thing about the cloud is it's one of my favorite euphemisms because when you say the cloud it just sounds so nice. Magical. You know like oh the data's in the cloud when in reality it's this like fucking hot shed full of hard drives. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? yeah. It's just like the opposite of a cloud. <laughs> yeah, like Microsoft and, and Google and Amazon and all those companies. I mean, the, the data centers are huge, like miles and miles long. Like the ones you know that we work at are the size of like giant apartment stores. I mean, sometimes you need you need a whole a vehicle just to take yourself to the other site. Like they're huge. Is there beds in those places? <laughs> No, but that would be nice. Like just a room to chill in every once in a while. Yeah. (laughs) 11 hours shift. You just kind of want to get away from the noise. That'd be freaking awesome. So if it's just this huge thing of hard drives, like how big are each of the hard drives? I guess it just matters what kind of server it's on. But I mean, like, you know, I see hard drives ranging from one terabyte to 10 terabytes. 10 10 terabytes seems to be like a, a popular size. But those, those hard drives are made for, like, you know, server use, so they're a lot more higher grade than that you would get here at home. And I guess the whole system must be kind of like a RAID, right? So it's like half of them are just redundant yeah. drives copying shit when things are dying? Right. So besides a fucking hard drive replacement then, like, is that pretty much, like, the majority of the task? Or No, like, there's hard drive replacements, cable replacements, power supplies, you know, fans going out. You have to change those constantly. Um, so it's a physical job. Oh, yeah, it's very physical. Like, sometimes it's, you know, like, oh, goddamn. <laughs> like, again, I don't want to do this, but, you know, it is what it is. Someone's yeah. got to do it, so. <laughs> well, you know, because when people, like, have jobs in tech and stuff, like, sometimes it's like you could be a server guy who's always typing in codes and rerouting the system and whatever they do in movies when they're typing away on their keyboards. Yeah, there's guys out there that's doing, like, real important stuff. that I'm not even on that level yet, so I'm just kind of doing, like, the basic work at, at this time. Well, that's cool. Is it cool? I don't know. It's cool. <laughs> the benefits, uh, the pay is good, so I can live comfortably right now at least. Do you have to like screw in the drives or are they prepped and ready where you just sort of like plug them in like in a science fiction film where you just like turn a thing and go like, chink, or? Dude, I wish. Like, there's some where they're like ready to plug in and you can just like move on with your life, but like. Mm. Most of them, you're like, oh, fuck, here we go. <laughs> Take out your screwdriver. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Considering there is redundancy, like, do you wait till it builds up before you do, like, a hard drive replace? Is it sort of like every Tuesday is hard drive replace day? Or is it like when it hit a number where it's like we can't have more than 100 dead ones before they have to be swapped? Or No, uh, we have, like, a, a service level agreement. We have to keep within a certain time frame for that company. It sends off, like, a notification from those servers, and it sends them to us to let us know, like, hey, this shit just died right now. Um, can somebody come out and fix it? It's all automated. So it'll tell us when there's something wrong and then we'll go out and investigate. And Usually we'll just do it right away. 
you know so that's the scary thing the day that you get the weird message from the computer that's like you must please come to the server room and then you get there and the fucking machine eats you <laughs> it's a terminator yeah <laughs> it's like, i just picture it being like at the end of the third matrix film where a bunch of hard drives like fly together like a magnet and form like a giant face that like talks you know microsoft hive mind yeah yeah <laughs> that's a dumb image <laughs> Uh, look, I want to listen to more music, man. All right. You got a track here called Distance. Oh, yeah. And it has weird sort of symbols around it. There's like a, <laughs> I don't know what you call those, like a backwards L that sort of looks like it's framed. It's like a Japanese thing. Uh, I'm kind of a weeb, so I just threw them in there for stylistic purposes. <laughs> yeah, I get it. All right, man. Well, let's fucking listen to this. This is Distance by Master System. All right.
And that was Master System with the track Distance. I'm here right now with Master System Michael talking about replacing hard drives in a server room. (laughs) Uh, It says here on the track info, I would like to thank uh, my producer Vincenzo Salvia for adding additional synth arrangements and PJ Daughtry, which is Ultra Boss. Yeah. How'd you uh, connect with these fools? Man, I love like remembering this time. So back then, um, I just started to really get serious with, I wanted to get serious at least with, with making some kind of music on, on the computer. So I remember, I, I'm not sure how I exactly I meant Vincenzo, but uh, we were in a group and I messaged him and showed him some of my music and he was like, hey man, this is really awesome. You should, you know, produce more and, you know, release this. This is really good. I was like, oh, you think so? So, uh, you know, he helped me, you know, with some of the first couple songs that I made and uh, Distance. It was a little rough when I first created it. I, I wrote it in like one night and uh, later on he was just like, you know, I've got this friend who plays guitar and it would be awesome when we put some guitars in it. And I was like, dude, well, who is it? And he was like, oh, this Ultra Bots. I was like, oh shit, like awesome, cool. I've heard of him. So <laughs> I, I, I was like on cloud nine and I thought I was just like the coolest person that day when I we were all in a chat room. We were like, yeah, we're going to do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. And I was like, okay, cool. So we all came together and made this song and i think it came out pretty good it was a lot of fun and i mean you know that was probably the start of when i really started getting into synth wave i I guess and hanging out with these guys talk to me about being a weeb (laughs) uh i'm a weep (laughs) i guess uh i'll never not like hanging out and watching like miyazaki films and staying up and watching Japanese anime. Vintage animes are cooler to me and not so much new stuff. I really don't keep up with new stuff, but, you know, like stuff like, you know, Berserk or Akira or Ghost in the Shell, that kind of stuff. I love those types of films. So Why is the word weeb? <laughs> I have no idea. I never really asked why. It's a good question. Like, is there like some anime character called Weebo or Weeboo or something? I just feel like there's got to be a reason oh, for that being the word. Weeaboo. Wasn't it Weeaboo? I don't remember. Yeah, weeaboo. Was I? Oh, I was just talking shit just now. Did I like actually hit on some gold here or what? <laughs> I'm good. Google that weeaboo. Here, you find out. That's <laughs> that's your mission now in this conversation. The term weeaboo came from a comic strip created by Nicholas Gerwich, in which the term had no meaning other than it was something unpleasant. Okay, <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> I guess we are unpleasant in a way. You ever seen <laughs> Golgo Thirteen, the professional? Yeah. That's a cool one. I'm trying to think. I'm I'm a huge fan of like Berserk. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that one. No, I've never seen Berserk. I think when I was a kid, we had a few animes I watched. Akira used to upset me. Like I, I think I walked in when my brother was watching it, and I caught like sort of closer to the end. And I remember it just sort of scared me. I was like, it just was really unsettling. You know, when there's like big blob people with faces and there's a lot of screaming <laughs> yeah. and stuff. The the professional was one I liked. He's like that assassin that was really good. And yeah, he was always. Uh, I love that thing where like that dude at the end jumps off the building like to avoid getting killed. But then right before he hits the ground, fucking buddy shoots him in the head. Oh. Like uh, just as he's about to hit the ground, you see the fucking skull shatter like in the X ray. Like, fucking brutal. Yeah, <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Like because he was so good. Yeah. Uh, Ninja Scroll was a good one. I don't know, man. I just like old 90s, 80s anime. I, even if, like, I don't even know what the hell's going on, just like the, the style of the art is just so badass. Like, it's just not the same anymore. Like, I, I don't know. It just looks like cartoons. Well, everything now is too flat. Yeah. Even in the older animes and older animations in general, just because it was real, like real cells on 
you know, being shot with film. Like, there's just more... There's, like, life in the grain, you know? Like, it just feels more real and physical. And, you know, sometimes, like, the, the lines aren't always perfect. We've got this obsession with, like, uh, making things so crystal clear and all the, the clarity of video. Like, you watch, like, the news and shit, and you'll see, like, newscasters in this, like crisp ass HD and you can like see like all the makeup caked on their faces oh yeah <laughs> take me back to 90s grainy TV. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> like there's aspects of uh, you know like HD that are obviously really cool yeah. and 4k and stuff like that but I don't know for certain things it doesn't feel right Mm-mm. for like for documentary style stuff like when you watch like planet earth and shit that shit's like, cool that stuff is obviously it's amazing and the higher definition the better and the smoother the frame rate because it just makes it so just vivid and awesome but then the second you watch like a movie in like 60 frames a second and it just looks like garbage <laughs> or you see like fucking Dr. Phil in HD you're like ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah it is troubling there's a lot of people who aren't meant to be filmed that way <laughs> But yeah, that's the thing. But I noticed that with the, with the animation as well. It's like there's just something, I don't know, like when people have to hand paint animation cells, like maybe the cells uh, absorb a piece of their soul. And uh, when you watch it, you you feel their souls. Yeah, that's a good way of thinking about it, actually. It's, uh, there's something about the hand drawing, though, like hand drawing every frame. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, um, Blood and Chrome, like, he did some cool uh, animation stuff for that card game he put out where he made that little, like, that teaser thing, and it looked like an 80s cartoon because he hand-drew every frame. Right. And I think the technique he used was he still, he used, like, 3D models as the base, but then, but still mm-hmm. drew every frame. Yeah. And it just, it just makes it so much better. Like, nowadays, a lot of the animation, I just feel like the manipulation, they, they do a little bit of animation, but then they're twisting the things, the joints with, like... Uh, you know how like a lot of cartoons now the people are sort of puppets almost uh that they can sort of like move their joints around and things that's like you know how i was going back to earlier like when i was just like i love berserk like anyone who knows berserk whoever is like listening out there is like knows that it's badass like it's like the manga is probably one of the best mangas you would ever read and then they came out with a show in 1997 which was pretty badass but it never finished and then now, what was it, 2016, 2017, they created like a new one with like some new company, all cell shaded and shitty. And you're like, what did you do to my, what the, what the fuck am I watching right now? Like, it's, it's terrible. It's unwatchable. Yeah, that's the case with a lot of things, man. Like the, when they do the reimagining as like 3D animation and it's like that TV grade 3D animation. It's like, what the fuck <laughs> yeah. are you doing? Like, it's not... <laughs> It's not right. Oh, I hate it. But I tell you what I what I like is uh, listening to cool music. So let's check out this track. This is one called Back Then. It's by Master System. And we're going to listen to it.
And that was Back Then by Master System, a.k.a. Michael Shadow. And I'm here right now. We're talking about anime. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm here right now with you. And we're talking about anime. Yeah, I'm here with you. Were you uh, lucky enough to uh, find a weeb wife? Or does she look at your <laughs> uh, anime with distaste? <laughs> I would say that my wife can get pretty weeby. Yeah. <laughs> is that a word now? Weeby? It sure weeby, is. Weeby weird? Yeah, man. I'm down. <laughs> my wife's amazing. I'm so in love with my wife. She's uh supports everything I do, supports all my weeby habits. We watch weeby stuff on TV, like, together, like... <laughs> I don't know. She's all into, you know, the lo-fi music and chilling out and going out and eating ramen. Dude, we're weebs. It's cool. Like, it's awesome. (laughs) Well, that's cute. (laughs) I like hearing stories like that. It's nice. My wife uh, doesn't tolerate anything I do, so I'm, like, relegated to the the basement. We're in the Beyond Synth bunker right now where we're recording this show. (laughs) What? That's funny. So what's what's the future hold for fucking uh, Master System here? Why'd you call yourself Master System? Do you like the Master System or do you just like the way it sounds? Actually, I don't like the Master System at all. It was all about the Mega Drive and the Genesis. Master System, like, I remember when I was just starting out making a new alias and stuff like that when I was making music and my friend was like, make it after a video game system. I was like, man, there's Mega Drive already. He's like, fuck it, make it Master System. And I was like, fuck, I guess, whatever. <laughs> so we uh, we went with it, and I didn't think it was going to go anywhere. And I'm kind of uh, stuck with it for now, but that's probably going to change here pretty soon. Um, I originally was going to make a Spotify for my for my music, and I went ahead and went on Spotify, and there's already a master system. So I was just like, well, shit, I'm going to have to probably change something pretty soon so i am working on some stuff i want to open a spotify a lot of people just like hurry up dude soundcloud sucks get to spotify i'm like okay i will (laughs) i work i I work a a long job and have kids and so it's just like uh, what am i gonna get this time to get this all together so you should change your name to coleco vision (laughs) no more video games (laughs) trying to think of other systems that would make bad names for (laughs) for bands (laughs) It just it just sucks sometimes because you know you go on Google or something you try to search something up of yours to show somebody and it's just like stuck with a bunch of Sega stuff. I was like, ah, damn it! <laughs> I don't think I've ever even played a Master System. Um, I played one one time and I played the old Sonic on it and it was just so like whack. <laughs> but even the Sonic on Master System was sort of a port. Yeah, because it's like technically like it was first on Genesis and I think they ported it down. Or I guess would the Master System be the same as the Game Gear one? It's yeah, the I was same. about to say if you play if you play the Game Gear, you're pretty much playing the Master System. So. Fucking Game Gear! I had a buddy who had a Game Gear. That thing blew my mind. It took six batteries, six fucking batteries, and lasted for like half an hour. <laughs> yeah, I remember I had a Sega Genesis, and then I got a Game Gear, and I asked my dad for Sonic, and he was like, "Didn't I just fucking buy you Sonic already?" I'm just like, <laughs> but I wanted on the Game Gear this thing that only lasts for like an hour, you know, whatever. Yeah, what a crazy thing, because I remember at the time, it seemed like it would be so cool to have, like, a handheld, like, color system, but at the end of the day, Game Boy still sort of won, because it just was just more efficient with its batteries, and you could just play games on it longer. God, what was it, that little stupid worm light you can plug into the Game Boy? Yeah, newbie. I had... Newbie! (laughs) Yeah, there was... (laughs) Fucking newbie, that's, like... Uh, the only reason why it stays in my head, there's this weird, um, what the hell is that guy's name? There was a, an animator who did this, he had sort of like a pencil sketch animation style. He, he made a movie called The Tune, and his, Bill Plimpton. All right, so there's this animator called Bill Plimpton. I used to watch a lot of his little short cartoons, and he had this movie, which was sort of like a 
combination of all of his little uh, animations and there was like a musical number where the town was called Flooby Newby <laughs> so there's like this song for it where it's like in Flooby Newby in Flooby Newby <laughs> and so the, the Newby light I would sing that song this is a fucking terrible story but the point is that it's <laughs> Bill Plimpton there you go did the newbie take four batteries? No, it just like you could plug. Did it? I remember you could plug in. Oh wait, are you talking about the little glass thing over it? I'm talking about the little wire thing that looked like a worm, and it had like a light on the end of it. You just plug that shit in, and it. Lit. No, no, the newbie, how- the newbie, like clicked into place. That's I had that thing too. It was a square yeah. that had like a hole because it sort of the light was coming from kind of like all around, and then. It had a like a rectangle piece like on top of the square, and that's where you put the batteries. I had that one, and I had the worm, and I also had that really fucking weird. I don't know how I got this. I didn't even ask for it when I was a kid. It was like a you could stick your Game Boy in it, and it was like a giant Game Boy case with like giant speakers on it, a giant magnifying glass on it. It was like some fucking <laughs> mutant Game Boy mech suit. You can put your fucking Game Boy in it. I don't know. It was pretty badass though, so. I love thinking back to that shit and just at the stuff we have now. Right? Like when I was a kid, the idea of like, wouldn't it be cool to like plug video games into the car and then thinking of the logistics of like dying. Well, we'd have to get one of those like cigarette lighter adapter things with a cable and I'd have to bring a monitor in and like bring all this stuff in. And now literally like we all have high definition fucking game like in all of our phones. Yeah. It's weird. Like all the things like definitely like our kids are going to take for granted. Like the fact that my son has like a fucking 10 inch tablet or whatever and like it's like no big deal to him and I'm just like dude that's like bigger than the fucking video game monitor I had in my bedroom for like my whole childhood like where I'd like I had a Super Nintendo plugged into my brother's old Commodore monitor which I think was like a 14 inch monitor or something you know like it's like this little tiny screen and and it was amazing to me that I even had a screen in my own room. And then now these kids have fucking like a high definition screen that they just fucking carry around with them. They don't give a shit about fucking throw it all over the place. I'm like totally careless, dude. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. It's whack. Let me tell you, <laughs> it's fucking whack. <laughs> But I'll tell you, uh, what isn't whack is listening to cool music. So let's uh, check out this track. This is a cool one. It's sort of like a higher energy track coming from you, man. It's called Montage Racer. All right. And uh, I dig it. Let's do it.
right, and that was Montage Racer by Master System. And I am here right now with Master System, Michael, talking about stuff. (laughs) Where do you get time to do this if you're sitting around, like, plugging in hard drives all day? (laughs) I usually save my first day off, hang out with my kids and, you know, my family, and second day is more chill. So, um, yeah, sometimes, like, I'll be thinking about something all week long, uh, while I'm at work and I'll try to remember it as best I can. And sometimes it's not the case. I'll forget about it. But for most of the part, I, I have tons of ideas on my computer of stuff that, you know, I've, that's come to my mind while I'm working. But I don't know. It just comes. Like there's times where I'll be thinking about something and trying to cram out an idea and it's just, just not coming. It just, it just seems to just drop out of the air and you're just like, oh, and then you'll write it out and it'll f- finish itself. I like the idea of cramming something out. <laughs> Cranking out, I mean. I don't know how that, how that expression works. Like, I guess, well, if you're in the inside and you're sort of pushing really hard and it's like the exit is small. Yeah. Again, another bizarre image. <laughs> Fuck. Like, is part of your plan actually, like, when you do move the stuff to Spotify to rebrand yourself? Uh, I'm not quite sure how I'm going to do that. I would probably want to do something like that but i know it's gonna be like man everyone already knows me under this name but why don't you do the classic uh, just replace letters with numbers that kind of that old gambit uh, <laughs> lead speak nah <laughs> the old fucking um four sister three <laughs> sister mastum chrome writer 1984 there you go <laughs> it's a good year why don't you call yourself mr system mr system yeah, um, and say it like that. <laughs> Where'd that voice come from? <laughs> Could I have been talking to that guy the whole time? <laughs> so what things are uh, are you looking forward to then? I mean, if you only watch, you're watching old animes, is there any, like, new things that excite you, or are you just have your head in the retro? Right now, man, uh, I'm pretty honestly swamped and clouded with work, but I am looking forward to making more music i really want to right now and you know i've been talking to a lot of people and getting some things in the works so was that a pun you said you're clouded with work (laughs) you work in the cloud oh i didn't even think about it (laughs) but it's true though i can't seem to get away like it's uh takes over your life especially when it's like 11 hours a day 11 hours that's a fucking serious shift (laughs) i know that's what i'm saying can you listen to music at work or do you have one of those jobs where they don't let you oh dude no you can i think i would quit if i couldn't (laughs) straight up (laughs) that would be a a problem for me man I've, i've often thought about that like if i ever had to do like a normal job again i think i I've said this on the show before, but I mean it. I think I would rather, like, have a job where you just stack boxes as long as I can listen to music. I would rather do that than have a job where I have to think so much, where I feel like I'm wasting my brain energy. (laughs) Exactly. I used to work at Goodwill. And when I say used to, I mean, I I really did. Like, I only worked for, like, one day. And it was uh, my first day. I was shifting through some shit that they had just delivered, and I I hated it. I was like, why am I here? Why am I doing this job? And um, the lady was like, hey, you need to take off your headphones. Like, you can't be listening to music. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, fuck this. So I quit. (laughs) (laughs) One day in, I was like, I'm out. I'm going somewhere else. Why on earth could you not listen to music at Goodwill? Right? 
Who cares? You're sorting through fucking used clothes. It's like, I understand if you're like on a construction site or something and there's some kind of health hazard where it's like you're listening to music and you walk into a fucking saw or something, but like you're just sitting there folding clothes like while, while you're listening to the music's too loud and all of a sudden you're just like got a bunch of socks in your mouth and you can't breathe. And- <laughs> No shit! Like, I should have been paying attention. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like, I'm out. Yeah, no doubt, man. That's an I'm out situation. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> How much stuff do you got in the pipeline? Because you sort of just released like a bunch of random singles, right? I mean... Yeah, everyone who does like know me, like know me, know me online, is like always tell me like, dude, come on, man, like hurry up release an album and i'm just like ah you know i just it's because like my ideas change so frequently i mean i've got so many different types of songs on my computer i'm just like that i i never finished because i'm like well i don't want to do this i want to do this i want to do that i want to do that if i put all this shit together in one thing it's gonna be such a a clusterfuck so (laughs) i really need to figure out how i'm gonna deliver this i've got the same thing going on right now with a lego castle (laughs) i've got this like big lego collection like at my dad's place and uh my idea was that every time i'd come visit i would uh add a bit to this castle I was building. Yeah. But then, now I'm bored of the castle. Mm-hmm. I only really built, like, the front part, like, half of it. And I'm like, I, I don't think I want to build this castle anymore. That's pretty cool, though, that you uh, built with Legos and stuff. Well, it's fun. Like, I don't, I don't follow instructions, so, like... Because I've got a big bin... And I was gathering all the gray pieces, you know, so I could make a cool, like, gray castle. And, uh, I don't know. Now I've lost interest. Now there's, like, this fucking one-eighth built castle with no potential plan. And so... Just build one of those giant fucking Millennium Falcons with, uh, Legos and just cram it right through the castle. I did do that, actually. (laughs) I downloaded the instructions online... Because I don't have a like a Millennium Falcon kit, but I was like, I wonder if I download the instructions how close I could get. I had to substitute pieces here and there. Like there's certain things where I'm like, well, I don't have that piece, so I'll try and make it with these two pieces, like approximate it and stuff. And yeah. it was okay. Like when it was finished and you looked at it, you'll be like, yeah, that's a Millennium Falcon. But like I had a lot of things I added and, and had to I had to keep taking it apart because I would like I would swap out a piece and then realize like further into the build that that piece was necessary for a future thing that happens so it was like uh the millennium falcon kinda yeah exactly it's the same it's just this fucking rip off fucking uh anyway it was fine but yeah i ended up fucking taking it apart i got bored of just looking at it i want to buy some legos now dude that's pretty cool Well, you can do that on holiday, man. That's uh, you have a have a Lego holiday, a staycation. Let's do it. Well, look, man. How about this? How about we listen to another track and then we can uh, we can do a, an official wrap up? Is that cool? I'm down with that, man. I want to listen to this track called Amethyst. Amethyst. I hate this word. It's hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> Amethyst. Amethyst. <laughs> uh, we're gonna listen to this, man. This is Amethyst by Master System.
And that was Master System with the track Amethyst. 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 Yeah. Said three times fast. <laughs> and I'm here right now with Mr. Amethyst himself. Um, <laughs> just shooting the breeze. I think that's what we're doing today. It's been a pretty chill interview. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so let's fucking, uh, we can wind down. What's uh, What do people need to know? Before we before we go away, you got something to tell the people? Um, thank you, like you know, for listening to my stuff. It means a lot to me. You know, it's I never would have imagined that I would end up on Beyond Synth with you, Andy. Uh, but it's been cool. You know, I do have stuff coming out, and uh, I just appreciate all the support. Now, tell me <laughs> your bank account information. Sure. Uh, do you want my social security? I don't know if that's much use to me. I'm a Canadian. I don't know what I would do with an American social that's security. True. Well, I guess maybe I could sneak in and get a job in the states. <laughs> Hell, I'll replace you. And I'll be the fucking hard drive swapping Andy Shadow. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And I and I my my name will be ColecoVision. That's what I'm going with. Ah, jeez. <laughs> just ah. I don't know if that was just like pure disgust. Did I just get a nerve? To be honest with you, I never really played a ColecoVision either. Me either. They look kind of <laughs> shitty to me, but uh, maybe I'm going to make somebody mad now. <laughs> Someone's always mad, man. There's a lot of people very sensitive out there, so you don't want to bug them too much. Fair enough. I think that's the moral of this conversation we've had, right? Is that it was all leading to this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, man, look, it was nice to chat with you. You too, man. And uh, keep on making cool music. Thank you, sir. Where can people go and find your tunes as of right now? Uh, I've got my Bandcamp and just my SoundCloud, but Spotify's on the way. I promise. Well, that's an exciting development, so we can uh, we can keep the listeners appraised. We'll do a countdown to uh, Master System on Spotify. <laughs> that's my new plan. I'm going to stop editing this show, and I'm just going to focus. And I'm going to have like a world clock in the background, <laughs> all the different cities, and it's all just the the, the countdown to. Yep, that's it. Okay. That's it. <laughs> Super funny. So look, man, listen, you have a lovely day, and it was nice talking to you. You too, man. And uh, people should go to uh, Master System at Bandcamp and uh, listen to some cool tunes and uh, be jolly. Awesome. Thanks, man. And that was my conversation with Master System, who ironically is going to have a different name in a few weeks, but uh, who cares? Anyways, uh, that was a lot of fun. It's good to chat with him. And I'm still here with Edward, uh, Sunglasses Kid, to uh, wrap up the show. I want to know why he's changing his name. Well, he discussed it in the show, but we never talked about what the new name is, although he just sent it to me now. But why is he changing his name? Uh, it's got to do with once he puts his stuff on Spotify, there's already a Master System on Spotify. I thought it was because he was getting sued by Sega. But, you know, there's Mega Drive and there's other artists that have names based on systems. I think he just wants to make something that is probably a little bit more SEO friendly. Yeah. Because if you type in Master System, you're just going to get pictures of shitty looking video games. Well, when I first created my name, which I ne- I, wasn't, I didn't ever think I was going to be making music for anyone other than myself. If you type Sunglasses Kid into Google, all it was was adverts for children's sunglasses. So one <laughs> of the kind of my crowning kind of achievements was now I've got, I think I own about the first five pages of Google. Hey! So if you type in sunglasses kids you get all my music and all my results if you type in sunglasses kid music you get even more but i'm choking on a crisp (laughs) 
That was like my goal is to try and take over Google so that when people search for Sunglasses Kid, they don't find either a weird meme. A you, there's two YouTube clips that come up. One of like an Australian kid who had like a house party smashed the place up and he's being really defiant on like some local Australian news report and he's wearing a pair of sunglasses and he's very funny. And there's another clip of like what seems, looks like an 11-year-old Russian child wearing um, sunglasses dancing in a nightclub. These two like commonly come up if you search for Sunglasses Kid on YouTube. So you either get memes or just, you know, children's sunglasses, but I fucking dominate now. That is because you are a talented man who makes uh, good music. Occasionally. Yeah, no, it's good stuff, man. You make me happy, and I like uh, chatting with you. I like chatting with you too, sir. But uh, listen, man, make the best of this dumb fucking year, and remember everybody... It's always sunny on Beyond Synth, and I'm going to try and produce uh, a lot more shows. There's going to be no more schedule. I'm just going to edit them, and as soon as they're ready, I'm just putting them out. Um, I've recorded almost like 20 interviews over the past week, and so I've got lots of content, and we're going to have lots of bonus little guests like uh, Sunglasses Kid here who are going to pop in and uh, make these a little more fun than just me talking to myself. Gary Busey chat. Well, we'll have to do a whole side podcast, just fucking (laughs) Busey talks. Busey talk. Yeah. (laughs) Which we could probably fill a good podcast. I feel like there's 11 episodes worth of Busey talk. (laughs) But only 11. (laughs) Exactly 11. Specifically uh, 11 for. 45 minute episodes of Busey Talk and the first episode will be going and doing taking a deep dive into Busey's brain damage yeah <laughs> anyways dude you have a lovely day and uh, make some more music and we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon cheers and for everybody else out there tune in next time to Beyond Synth the best synthwave chat show there is alright thanks for If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it by going to patreon.com slash beyondsynth, or you can donate directly on beyondsynth.com. Beyond Synth can be found on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes. And remember to like and subscribe to Beyond Synth on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. Until next time... time.